0: Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We're blessed that you're part of it. And, you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. Great. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So good to see every of these chairs filled? Man, it's so good to be here. Hey. Uh, good morning to all you skinny people here at uh, Perry Hall Family Worship Center. So excited to see you uh, and being part of this fast. Uh, word to the wise: Don't if if you fasted food, don't end with chili. Just a practical thing. I was on an extended fast one time. Well, uh, let me. I'm not the guy to go to. I'm not the guy to ask. God probably don't do things right. But I was on an extended fast one time, and somebody came up to me. I was ministering somewhere, and they said, uh, "So when you go on an extended fast, you like?" take your carbs out the week before and then take out your protein and, and you know, the couple days before. Is that how you do it? I said, no, I just stop eating. And then he said, and then when you start, do you like gauge yourself, bring back in? I said, no, no, I just start eating. So don't, don't, follow, don't follow me, but uh, I just want to really commend you uh, in being part of this fast, whether you're fasting food as some of you are totally, or maybe you're, maybe you're fasting electronics. That's Sometimes almost as hard as food, maybe you're maybe you're fasting social media. Whatever it is you're fasting, you're giving yourself to the Lord. And for some of you, I believe this can be this might be the first time you're giving yourself to the Lord in this way and in this degree. And I want you to know that the Lord is going to respond to that. The Lord is going to respond to those who are faithful, those who, 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 uh, he wants to respond to everybody, first of all. But I just want you to know that as you press in, as you give yourself to him in those times, there's been so many times I can give you story after story after story of, of times that I've just fasted and given myself to the Lord and the things that come out of that. So know this, that the Lord is going to minister to you uh, through, the, through this last week. And by the way, for those of you that haven't been a part yet, you can still jump in. Uh, you can still jump in on the last week. That's fine. You can still be a part of that. I just want you to know that it's not insignificant. What you're doing here is not insignificant. I just, I just felt for some of you, this is, this is, is going to be memorable for you. Again, for some of you that are doing this, the first thing. So I just wanted to write that down. First of all, or secondly, fasting does not force the hand of God. Fasting brings you to a place where your heart becomes more united with Him, where your heart becomes more connected with Him. It's kind of like husbands. You, you I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll know what I'm talking about here. You can be in the, in, in the same room with your wife and, and going through life, and, and she'll say something like, I just don't feel connected to you. I'm, I'm the only one that ever experience that you're like you're there but you're not there am i the only one that ever experienced that she's she's talking i heard a story here not too long ago a guy said um my wife says you're not listening to me at all and he said what a crazy way to start a conversation got okay fasting brings you into his presence so you can understand his heart more fully I have a short video clip here that may drive that point home for you. Go ahead. Mein Sektor. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächters. Das Gerät und das Gerät. Überlebensradar. Mayday, Mayday. Hello, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you? us. Ah. Over. We are sinking. We are sinking. Hello. This is the German coast guard. We are thinking, we're thinking. What are you thinking about? (laughs) Fasting doesn't change the heart of God fasting brings you to a place where you can more clearly hear the voice of the father where you can more clearly hear when he's saying sinking you're not interpreting it as thinking all right so i just want to again commend you in that here's what i wrote down this um the yesterday as i was uh, spending time early in the morning um adding to what i really felt the lord wanted me to share with you this morning I believe there's things he's speaking to you and will speak to you in these next next days that you need to write down. And by the way, even if you haven't felt to be part of this corporate fast, you will still receive the benefits of this corporate fast because you're doing it as a body. So don't be... Lie to or duped into thinking, well, I didn't participate, so therefore I'm not going to receive any of the benefits. You will receive some of the benefits. But there are things that he's asking you to co-labor with him. He's making himself available to you. He's not asking for you to go out alone. He wants to co-labor with you in this thing that he has for you, this thing called life. For Noah, the voice of the Lord was, the voice of God was to build a boat. To Peter... When he saw Jesus walking on the water, the voice of the Lord was, come out of the boat. To Jonah, who the Lord said, go to Nineveh, and in effect, don't get in a boat. When he disobeyed the Lord and got in a boat, the next word of the Lord was, throw him out of the boat. The point is this. Those all three stories encounter a boat, but all of those are different scenarios where the Lord is speaking something different to you, to those individuals. Know this, that the Lord can speak... He wants to speak to you individually, and he wants to speak to you corporately. There's something powerful about a body of believers, a group of believers, setting themselves apart for a consecrated fast of taking time and hearing from the Lord. And what is the Lord saying to you individually as well as corporately? You are the house of God. You are the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. And when you individually hear and listen to what God is speaking to you, God moves then not only individually, but he moves corporately. And the corporate anointing begins to rise. And as the corporate anointing arises or rises, your impact in this community take, uh, is increases as well. It's just a dynamic in the spirit that as you give yourself to him, it impacts and affects all of you. When you get to know the voice of the Father, first of all, When you get to know the voice of God, you can go through anything. The most painful times of my life. shouldn't say the most painful times. The most painful time of my life. The worst two weeks of my life. And hopefully when I'm 95, I'll be able to say that as well. That it was still those two weeks. I don't ever want to go through something as horrific as I went through at that point in time. But in the midst of that pain, and I won't go into details, but in the midst of that pain, I was at a Sunday morning celebration. It was a church I was pastoring. And because of the circumstances that I was walking through, I wasn't preaching that morning. I had no part in the service. I was just standing on the front row in the middle of worship. And I was crying, just tears running down my face because of the pain the, the, just the, the struggle the, the things that we were going through as a family and just like that I felt I saw Jesus in my mind not there personally but in my mind I saw him and he extended his hand toward my head and he went like this it's going to be alright son I want you to know that 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 gave me so much confidence and security to walk through what we had to walk through yet in that next week, week and a half with that current situation until we saw the breakthrough. But again, I want you to know that if you can hear the voice of the Father, you can go through anything. So the most important thing you can do is to cultivate the ability to hear the voice of the Father. Because when you hear, listen, when you get around someone, you get to know their heart. If you hang around Dom, you'll get to know his heart. If you hang around Lisa, you'll get to know their heart. If you hang around Dom, part one was, let's see, I'll just throw this out here. Dom's John, already shaking in the back. He's wondering what I'm going to say. Look, if you get close to Dom, he'd say, I like a Harley, right? You all know that. He has a Harley, okay? That's really, you get to know his heart, you know he likes Harley-Davidson. Now, if you say, Dom, you want to ride that Harley-Davidson to Vermont or to Colorado, that would not be his heart, right? You all know that, okay? So that's just, when you get to know someone's heart, you get to know their ways. You, You could give me a free cruise for my wife and I and say, everything's included, we'll pay the whole ticket, and we would say, thank you, but no thank you. She, does not, she is not favorable or she's not fond of being in water that's deeper that she can't stand up in. So for us to go on a cruise would be a no situation. Give me, a, give, give me a, a cabin in the woods or something like that or in the mountains. Yeah, we're in. Getting to know someone's heart. So the best way to know someone's heart is to read, is to spend time with them. The best way to get to know the heart of God is to spend time with Him. So you read what Jesus said. What Jesus said is recorded by four individuals, five really, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They recorded what Jesus said. So if you want to know how Jesus feels about certain things, read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The more you read what he said, the more I get around Dom and hear what he says, I get to know his heart. The more I know his heart the more I know his ways. By the way, the fifth person was Paul who, spoke, who wrote what Jesus spoke to him really some prophetically and some supernaturally as he had, a, had encounters with the Lord. But those five individuals recorded for us the words of Christ. And the best way again to get to know someone's heart is to get to know what they say. When you're around what they say, then you get to know their heart. God has called you individually, and here's the point I want to drive home this morning. First of all, the part of fasting is to hearing the voice of the Father, hearing what He's saying, and we'll hopefully get into some, a few examples here this morning. God has called you to action. I know I've said this before, but God has called you to greatness. Numerous times I've been here, and I'm sure I've said this a number of times. God has called you to greatness. Go ahead, tell somebody beside you, God's called you to greatness. Go ahead, tell them. Now, turn to them and personalize them and say God has called me to greatness for some of you that's hard to say but it's reality God has called you to greatness God has called me to greatness sidebar here and I got to remember I got to be cautious how many sidebars I take but I'm, I'm going to give you this one How many of you are praying for a move of God throughout the the Perry Hall? By the way, still building here. That's amazing. Driving down there, just coming in here, still townhouses going up. That's amazing. The harvest field, the field of harvest just continues to grow and increase. So you're praying for a move of God. If I would take the time, there would probably be at least a dozen, maybe 30, maybe 40 ideas of what a move of God looks like. Listen, instead of praying for a move of God, why don't you live a move of God? In other words, what you feel a move of God would look like? why don 't you actively engage the Spirit in that way? So for me, practically how that works out for me is in my office, I have a little sticky note stuck up there that says, "I am a move of God." because if when I realize the power of the Holy Spirit is in me, listen, Acts one eight says this, and you shall be let me I have it written down here, lest I mess it up. Here we go. Acts 1-8 says this. Verse 7 and verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Perry Hall, throughout Judea, Maryland, in Samaria, the USA, and other parts or the ends of the earth. Do you know how... Jesus said, these were the last words Jesus spoke before he ascended into heaven. He said, you will be my witnesses. Do you realize how important a witness is? Listen, if there is a major crime, a crime syndicate or something, and there's a a major crime that is committed, anyone who is a witness to that crime is taken and put under protection. It's called the Witness Protection Program, right? Why is that? Because that witness gives testimony and credibility to what actually happened. You, Jesus said, you are my witnesses. In other words, you will give credibility to me as you talk to people. When you ta- Listen, your testimony is just telling people what Jesus did in your life. Your testimony proves his existence. There's nothing more powerful than your witness than the words that you speak to the person in Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks at the at the mini market in the grocery store in the elevator on the airplane wherever it is your witness gives testimony that Jesus is alive. Fasting gives you the greater ability to hear what he is actually saying so that you can engage both the spirit and the individual beside you. He's called you to engage. He's called you to be involved, and he wants to co-labor with you. I'm telling you, God's going to speak some things to some of you, and you need to write them down because he's going to then call upon you later to engage in what he's calling you to do and what he's asking you to do. Let's turn with that. Turn with me to Luke. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 19. I think we're going to go there this morning. Luke 19. Luke 19. As I was contemplating the last few days, what to share with you this morning. I don't um, just pick out a message and that kind of thing, but as I was praying, saying, Lord, what is it that you want to share with Perry Hall Family Worship Center? I felt the Lord directed me to Luke, Luke chapter 19. I'm going to take a few minutes here and hopefully unpack this for you and what I believe the Lord is speaking to you this morning. Again, the backdrop is your fasting. You're fasting to hear the voice of the Father you're fasting and he's going to speak to you he's going to speak to you and he's going to want you he's asking you to engage with him when you hear the voice of the father you can go through anything those are the things that I've shared with you thus far that you could write down of that bulletin that they handed you that says Ron Meyer at the top All right, those are the things you could write down Luke chapter 19 says this by the way the kingdom is fun right alright it's good I like to have fun with people Let me pick it up. Let's pick it up at verse 29. When it came to pass, he drew near Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, and he sent two of his disciples. Say sent. Say it a little bit louder. I couldn't hear it. Sent very good, thank you. He sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, when you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But they were as they were loosening the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosening the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they sat Jesus on him, and as he went, many spread their clothes on the ground. It is called the triumphal entry or Palm Sunday. Then, as he was now drawing near to the scent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these, two, that if these should keep silent, the stones would emerge immediately cry out Jesus gave a command spoke to two disciples and said go get me a colt or go get me a donkey let's put it in to today's vernacular because often we read through the Bible we read through the accounts Of people, the stories that they tell. This is a true account of what Jesus asked two of his disciples to do. And we just breeze through that and we think, oh, well, that's all well and good. This was not an easy thing for the disciples to do. Let's put it in today's vernacular, let's put it in today's scenario. I'm not familiar with the streets of, of Perry Hall, but let me just say it this way. If, let, let's say that um, Jesus spoke to Dom and I, and he said, okay, Dom and Ron, I want you to go down to, I don't know, some street where there's a lot of people are gathered, and I want you to, there you will find a, um, you'll find a Harley, a brand new Harley, or let, let's say this way, you'll find a brand new SUV um, Escalade that hasn't even been titled yet. There's no plate on it. No one has ever driven it, but I want you to go down, and I want you to jump in it, bring that thing back to me. If anyone asks you a question, just tell them the Lord needs it. Suddenly, it takes on a little bit different meaning, doesn't it? They were supposed to go and take a colt that's tied there on which no one has ever ridden on before. A little over 100 years ago in the United States, they would hang horse thieves for stealing horses, for taking a horse that wasn't theirs. Jesus is asking the disciples to go and fulfill something for him. If anyone questions you, tell them, I need it. Now, can you picture if Jesus would speak to Dom and I and say, go down to the wherever. There's a, a, what I say, a Jeep or an Escalade or something. There's a brand new SUV there that's never been titled. I want you, the keys are in it. I want you to start it up and bring it back to me. There's no license plate on it, but if anyone asks you anything, just tell them that I have need of it. Do you think that would be a little bit hard for us to fulfill, to carry out? Yeah, might be a little bit. I think probably on the way there, I would say something like this. Hey, Dom, you're the bold one. I'll tell you what, I'll pray you go get the SUV. SUV. After all, you're God's, you're Jesus's favorite. I saw the way He was talking to you at dinner last night, and I know He likes you more than me. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be the prayer warrior, Dom. You go. So we make our way down to whatever that street is, and sure enough, there sits a brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee. Let's just say that it's a brand new Grand Cherokee, and we do a walk by first because we're not sure. You know, we want to be sure. How many have ever heard the voice of the Lord? He told you to do something, and then you began to carry it out, but you began to question it immediately, immediately as you carried it out. Yeah, so we're not sure. So we walk past, and sure enough, there's a brand, what I say, Jeep Grand Cherokee. No plates on it. Dom looks in. Sure enough, the keys are in it. So then I say, Dom, you know what? I'm going to begin to walk back because it's already there. I'll tell you what. I'll pray as I walk back. You go get the Jeep. Pick me up on the way back. I'll be your prayer warrior, all right? So Dom goes over. He opens the door. Immediately, there's maybe five, six guys standing around there. And one of them shouts, hey, you, what are you doing taking the Jeep? Listen, when the Lord gives you a command and the Lord asks you to do something, very often there will be a voice that will come to you and say, what are you doing? Sometime it's the voice of the enemy sometimes it's the voice of insecurity ron who do you think you are that you could carry out that who do you think you are that you could do that don't you remember what you did last week the voice said am i the only one that ever grapples with that kind of stuff well i'm preaching to myself then it's the voice of the enemy and sometimes it's the voice of our own insecurity. And sometimes it's the voice of our friends who don't understand. Now, I am not for a minute saying just be rebellious and independent and do whatever you think. Because, uh, because uh, there's accountability that, we're, that we walk in the most powerful decisions I've made. I've always walked in accountability with those around me. Because there's safety and accountability. So please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm saying this is when, when God speaks... Listen, when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, the Bible says that the heavens opened and a literal literal dove, a bird, came and landed on him. And then a voice from heaven spoke and said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. It's only like two or three verses later, The Bible says that then, or the account is given, that Jesus is led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And then the devil comes to him and says, if you're really the son of God, he takes him up into the high temple and and a pinnacle. And he says, if you're really the son of God, then throw yourself down. Now, isn't it interesting of the audacity of hell that the last word that god spoke complete with manifestation physically a dove descending a voice from heaven speaking the audacity of hell the last thing god spoke is the first thing the devil challenges if he would challenge jesus in that do you not think he would also challenge you do i not think he would challenge me as i said Many times it's the enemy. There's also sometimes it's my own insecurities that that cause me to question it. So these two men, Dom and I, carry that out. But these two men, I'd like you to draw attention to one other point here, and then we have to move on. When these two individuals, these two disciples carried out what Jesus asked them to do, that released such a manifestation of the Spirit that the people and a multitude began to praise and worship Jesus for the things that he has done so much to the degree. Listen, the power and presence of Jesus was there in such a way that when the Pharisees confronted Christ and said, how dare these people shout your name? Jesus said, there is such an anointing in this, my paraphrase, there is such an anointing in this place that if these individuals do not cry out, those stones will cry out. But that whole thing was released because of two men who were obedient to what God said. Cardone Industries is, a, is the world's largest manu, remanufacturer of auto parts. It started because a Christian father wanted to go in business with his son. It started in his living room. In fact, he brought a, bought a tractor and trailer load of chill, expired or broken windshield wiper motors, had them stacked all through the house, and began to repair them one at a time. The last time I read about their story, which was right around the year 2000 or somewhere in there, they had already planted over 10 churches out of that company. Churches they planted. Perry Hall Family Worship Center started as a word from the Lord in a garage, in Dom's garage. In fact, if you see the early pictures, you'll see the drums sitting outside in the driveway. The people are in the garage. Dove Christian Fellowship International or Dove International started with 23 or 25 people in a living room. Listen... No matter how big something is, it started small. And it started when, in in a Christian, in in those things that are spiritual, it started when the Lord spoke to someone and someone took the initiative and said, we're going to go ahead and do it. So here's the question I have for you this morning is, what's your donkey? What is the thing that the Lord is speaking to you and will speak to you over this next week and beyond because he's going to continue to speak? What is it that he's speaking to you? So you may say, well, I don't think the Lord's calling me to start a business. I don't think the Lord's calling me to plant a church. A number of years ago, a middle-aged young lady heard the voice of the Lord ask her to open her home for a small group. And allow a small group of people to meet in her house. She was insecure. She felt there's no way I can lead this. Who am I to lead this? And the Lord said, you can do this. I'll be with you. Fast forward a couple years. A young couple came into that small group, and we'll call them, we'll call them John and Susie. A young couple came into that group and spent a number of years there growing together and thriving. And then crisis came into that family. And because of that middle-aged woman who was willing to take a risk and start that small group and invite people into her home, over the next two years, that small group was able to minister. That lady and her husband was able to minister to that couple so much to the degree. About a year and a half later, I remember that young couple stating about their small group leader said this, if it wasn't for that small group, we would no longer be married. That small group was the only group of people. And I think if I remember right, there was like eight or 10 people in that small group. So I'm talking small, eight or 10 people in that small group. They said, if it wasn't for that small group, we would no longer be married because we got no, we got zero encouragement or hope from anyone else. No hope, no encouragement from anyone else. They said, your marriage is over. You may as well divorce, end it run from it, it's too far gone. But because that middle-aged woman listened to the voice of the Father and God said, would you be willing to start a small group even in the midst of your insecurity? She said yes. And because of that, just that one many other things happened in, the, in that as well but because of, that, because of that one person, because of that one individual that marriage was saved. Hearing the voice of God. I was returning from a trip somewhere and I crawled in the van and I was on my way back to the car. The van driver was driving. It was at a busy airport, a number of number of uh, of uh, concourses and I'm on my way back and we literally, because I was talking to him, we literally blew past the next person, the next couple he was supposed to pick up. And when we got past that set of gates he said he radioed back to back to the the center and said I'm sorry I missed it and he said well keep going just bring that one individual back so at that point in time I thought there's something here for this young man because we began talking and engaging and I felt the Holy Spirit said ask him if he has a spiritual background so I asked him if he has a spiritual background and as we began to talk and share, he said, yes, I do. I grew up in a church, but I'm not, I'm not right with God right now. I'm not living right. I'm not, I'm not right with God. And then he said this, my last person last night was a pastor. And now my first person tonight is you. Do you think God is trying to speak to me? Yeah, yeah I think he might be. And Isaac began to share with him and just encourage him. He said, I want to make that decision right now to come back and get my life right with God. And I pray with him. But that all happened because I could hear the voice of the Father. See, it doesn't have to be. It might not be something great by your standards, but it's great by God's standards it might be something might not be something earth moving by starting a uh, a friend of mine is running a company 350 employees and it started in his father's garage selling sugar selling sugar now there's 350 employees his father started the company because he wanted to give away a million dollars He's been able to do that and beyond. And his son now is running the company with over 350 employees. The point is this. It starts small. It can be something big. It can be something small. You don't know what it is. All Jesus is looking for is obedience on your part. And when you do obedience, it carries through. Let me wind up by saying this. Turn with me to John chapter 21 if you have, if you have your Bibles with you. Hmm. <laughs> Let me say this too. Don't be content while I turn to John. Worship team, you can come front again. John 21, don't be content with the ordinary because God has created you for the extraordinary. Listen, our tendency at times is to compare ourselves to others. I don't have time to unpack this fully, but I want to drive the main point home here in John 21. This is Jesus as he's talking to two of his disciples and as he's walking along the way and he turns to Peter and he asks him three times, do you love me? And I'll just paraphrase the story for you, the account that John writes here. He asks Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter responds and Peter begins to feel obviously the pain, the, just the challenge of Jesus asking him three times because you remember Peter had just denied him three times not too many days before and Jesus says do you love me and Peter says Lord you know I love you and then it goes on (coughs) excuse me it goes on to say Jesus says Peter in the past you went where you wanted to but the days coming where they're going to take you where you don't want to go signifying an event in Peter's life really the way he would die being crucified and then Jesus said this to Peter he said follow me it totally went over Peter's head because immediately the next words out of Peter's mouth were he turned to the disciple. His name was John, really turned to John and said, Jesus, what about him? See, our natural tendency is at times we look at others and we see what God is asking them to do and or we look at ourselves and say, this is what God is asking me to do. And then we look at somebody else and say, Jesus, if you're requiring this of me, why don't you require that of them? Jesus said this to Peter. He said, Peter, if I will that John would stay alive till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Our walk with Christ is a personal walk. It's independent. Can I I say it this way? It's independent and yet collectively drawing on each other. So it's independent. I can't get into the kingdom on what you're doing. I have to make that decision myself. But when I'm in the kingdom together collectively, we have a greater demonstration of his power and grace in this setting and in every setting that we go in but it starts individually. It starts with you hearing the voice of the father and then it starts with you engaging that father's voice and following through on what he asks you to do. Would you stand with me? You're here this morning because you have a desire to hear him more fully. You're engaging in this thing called a fast because you want to be more aware of what he's speaking to you. I want to pray for you. There's people all across the front here that are willing to pray for you. If you have a need this morning, first of all, if you don't have that if you're not convinced, if you've been, if you've been uh, counting on everyone else and what they have done to get you into the kingdom, first of all, it's not what you do, it's what he has already done. But if you're thinking, well, I'm a part of a church, therefore I'm okay. If you never made that personal decision to follow Christ, today's the day, number one. Number two, if you're here this morning and you, have a, you have, need some form of healing, we want to pray for you this morning. But here's the part I want to pray for each of you. You're here today because you want to hear the voice of the Father. That's why you're here. You're here today because you want to draw closer in that personal relationship with Him and grow. And you're here today because you want to hear what He's speaking to you. And that's the part I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you that lives are being changed this very moment. Because of their obedience. I thank you, Father, for this corporate fast that you've called them to. And I pray, Father, all across this auditorium, Lord, you will begin to speak to the heart and lives of people. Lord, those who have have given up something over these last two weeks and one more week coming. Lord, I pray, Father, that in the midst of this, you would speak to their heart. And Lord, it doesn't have to be anything great can be something small and maybe even insignificant on our part but we know it's not insignificant on your part for everything that you speak carries significance so I pray father for my brothers and sisters to hear the voice of the father and then Lord I pray that you would give them the boldness to carry it out in Jesus precious name the boldness to step forward the boldness to engage Holy Spirit the boldness to be your witness I declare that over the brothers and sisters of Perry Hall Family Worship Center You will be the witness of Jesus Christ, giving testimony that indeed he is alive and he is active in today, in every aspect of life, in Jesus' precious name. So Father, bless my brothers and sisters today, in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website, at perryhall.life, and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you, God bless you, and have a great day.